Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. Welcome to Unstoppable Faith. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Kazumba Charles. I'm so glad you've joined us once again this week. Uh, sometimes we bring you, you know, the guests. Sometimes we bring you just the Word of God. And today I want to bring you the Word of God. We're going to be talking about uh, supernatural vision, having a supernatural uh, vision. Now, a supernatural vision is uh, more than just seeing uh, angels uh, and demons, uh, visions and dreams. A supernatural vision is uh, more than that. When we talk about the supernatural vision, we're talking about something that is uh, very, very uh, uh, deep, something that is uh, important, uh, not only to, you know, to see angels and dreams and all those stuff, uh, even though all those things are good. So, a supernatural vision is uh, simply, uh, 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 it's about uh, tuning in the eyes of our heart to see the more that God is doing. It's about uh, seeing things from his uh, vantage point and seeing the bigger picture of where he wants to take us. When you see into the invisible or supernatural plans of God, you will do the impossible. When you discover the supernatural vision of God, you will do the impossible. Young David in the, in, 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 in the Bible, we read about David and we read how David had to confront Goliath. And the reason David had to confront Goliath was that he had come to understand the supernatural power of God. When we understand the supernatural powers of God, then everything we intend to do will be centered on the power of God and not on our own strength. Let me give you an example of uh, Nehemiah. Uh, uh, you've read probably about uh, the book of Nehemiah and Nehemiah himself. Nehemiah was not a preacher. Nehemiah was not a priest. Nehemiah was not uh, like Ezra, nor a prophet like uh, Malachi. He served the Persian king in a secular position before leading a group of Jews to Jerusalem in order to rebuild the walls, to rebuild the temple 
before that had been, uh, you know, uh, crashed down. Nehemiah had seen the importance of uh, building that temple, and he knew where the strength was going to come from to build that temple. Nehemiah had uh, seen the power of God. Nehemiah had believed the power of God. Thus, Nehemiah had a supernatural vision of seeing the super God help him rebuild the temple. Because as we begin to see uh, Nehemiah Nehemiah, Nehemiah's desires to rebuild the temple uh, uh, at first uh, a lot of challenges. It was not an easy task because uh, we find out in the book of uh, Nehemiah that uh, the people Nehemiah had assembled uh, got discouraged as they were building the temple. Uh, they, they, they received, uh, you know, mockery. They were mocked and laughed at as they were trying to build the temple. But Nehemiah, he had that vision of rebuilding the walls of the temple. He encouraged the people to fight on. The reason why Nehemiah encouraged the people to fight on uh, uh, or to, to stay guard as they were building the wall was because he he had the supervision, uh, a supervision of uh, rebuilding the world, rebuilding the house of the Lord. He had to fight for it. You see, there are so many things that don't come in life so cheaply or so easily. You got to fight for it. But you got to have a vision to where you want to go or a vision of God to where he's going to take you in order for you to fight on. People give up when the going gets tough. People give up when uh, there is no money to do what they need to do. Why? Because they put their strength in the, you know, in the substances instead of uh, the foundation of who God is as the founding father of our faith or as the stability of our faith. Look, when we talk of uh, supernatural vision, we're not just talking about uh, seeing things in the spiritual realm. Yes, there were many people in the Bible who saw visions and angels uh, uh, in the Bible. Uh, Jacob saw a ladder from earth to heaven with angels descending and ascending. Uh, Ezekiel the most f had one of the most uh, phenomenal visions. Uh, uh, he saw the spirit actually the the spirit would literally tra uh, teleport him to another place Isaiah had a vision of uh, the throne room of God in Isaiah chapter 6. John saw Jesus while in exile on the island of Patmos. So when we talk of a vision, a supernatural vision, we're not really just talking about, uh, you know, looking into the skies and uh, see what the skies are made of. We're talking of uh, God giving you a super vision that supersedes your strength. That supersedes your wisdom. That supersedes your efforts. A supervision that is empowered by the very character and attributes of God. The God who never fails. Now, look at this here. What is a vision? Let's uh, first give a definition of what a vision is. 
It is the ability to see beyond the curtains. I want you to mark that word, the curtains. We have curtains in our homes or windows or in our living room so that the people who are passing by, uh, who are passing, you know, by your house are not able to see what is inside. So curtains are important. Now, we need to know here that a vision, it is the ability to see beyond the curtains that may be in front of you. What curtains? Curtains such as, uh, you know, circumstances you are facing right now. Uh, curtains such as uh, the, the, the problem you may have right this moment. Uh, or challenges or difficulties that you may have. So a vision is simply having the ability to see beyond the curtains that may be in front of you or obstructing you from clearly seeing what is on the other side. Uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2, uh, we see Habakkuk complaining to God. He was complaining that why do the wicked prosper? And as Habakkuk was complaining to God and is whining before God, God answered him and he said this in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. He says, write the vision down, make it plain uh, uh, on tablet so he may run who reads it. A vision is not a complicated thing. A vision is not uh, to be written in a gibberish. A vision of where you need to go should not be complicated at all. Uh, that's why God had to tell Habakkuk, write down your vision, make it plain uh, uh, on the tablet so that he may run who reads it. Meaning a vision brings the clarity of where God wants to take you, but you got to have a vision. Now, there are visions that we can have that can be, you know, achieved using our own efforts. That is good. But there are visions visions that only God can achieve. That's why we call it what? A supernatural vision. A vision that goes and does the impossible. The vision that goes and uh, have a major breakthrough where you look and you say, wow, I could have never done this. But yes, because it is a supervision and it is supervised by God himself, you are able to achieve anything in this life when you have that supervision. Now, look at our Proverbs 29 verse 18. It says this, and this is one of the most important topic we need to look at as well. It says that where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. So I want you to touch that word as well, the law, because I'm going to explain here why it is in there. But look at this here. Where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic vision. Prophetic is simply uh, a vision that is uh, revealed by God. You can even go as far as saying uh, where there is no revelation or revelation of God, people cast off restraint. 
People give up when they don't have a vision. People give up to pursue what they need to pursue if they don't have a vision to pursue what they need to pursue. That's why it is important in life to have a vision, to have a clear vision of where you want to go, where you need to go. Listen to these people of God. God cannot just take you to where you need to go when you don't want to go there because God is not a dictator. He is going to fulfill that which he puts in your heart and he puts in front of you but you must have that vision where do you want God to meet you at a point of need where do you want God to take you what is it that you are desiring to do with God where do you want to go in life when you have that vision and you stick with that vision even when things are not looking good but you because you stuck to the vision that you had written and you had made it plain so that you can run with it. God is going to fulfill what he has says he will fulfill. When we talk of a supernatural uh, vision, we are really talking about uh, a vision that pertains to the character of God or the attributes of God's will. The attributes of God produces that will of what we need to do and to be in life. Now, remember I talked about uh, when you see into, you know, into the spiritual realm, you can do the impossible because because uh, you can see beyond your limitations. You can see beyond your current situation in your life. You can see beyond what you are struggling with. I remember when I was in Bible college for seven years uh, 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 in Saskatchewan, cold place. I had no money, I had nothing in my life. But I had one thing, I had a vision. I knew why I was doing what I was doing. I knew where God wanted to take me. I knew what God had called me to do. So there was no drifting today to go to the left or today to go to the right. I remained on track of what God had called me to do. And God had said, if, 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 if you stay faithful to what I have called you to do, I will provide the way for what I've called you to do. So what I did was, I did not move to this or to that. I stayed focused on what God had called me. I stayed focused on the mandate that God was calling me to. So you see, you can't see beyond the walls or curtains of your life without first dealing with its obstruction. You need to take the things off of your, you know, that are obstructing you in front of you in order for you to see through. So what I began to do was I began to deal with things that were pulling me backwards so that I can see exactly where God wanted me to go, what God wanted me to do, what God wanted me to be. So what I did was certain things that were unnecessary, I pushed them aside and I stayed focused on what God had called me to be. I stayed focused on studying the Word of God. I did not look for platforms for me to go and preach anywhere. I did not look for positions in churches so that I could serve. But God told me, stay focused. 
focus on what I called you to do. And one of the things he called me at that moment to stay focused on was what God was doing in my life. He was preparing me for something bigger. He was preparing me for something greater. He was preparing me for something bigger than my small vision, bigger than my own plan. So he began to train me towards that, meaning I had to start abandoning certain things in my life so that I can reach to where I needed to go. I had to sacrifice to get to where I need to go. You can never go or be what God wants you to be if you don't sacrifice certain things. The journey is always uncomfortable, but you need to learn how to sacrifice and stay focused on what God has called you. So before God, look at what God had. Even God, before he could rescue mankind from the power of sin and death what he did was he had to send Jesus Christ and when he sent Jesus Christ to open the, the you know to deal with the curtains that was in front of us curtains such as sin and look at this here before God had sacrificed his son Jesus Christ the walls or curtains of sin that kept us away from the presence of God he got Jesus had to deal with that Sin prevented us from moving forward or from seeing what was in front of us, a good and kind and gracious God. So God had to send Jesus to come and deal with the barriers, the very thing that was obstructing our relationship with God, the very thing that was obstructing us from dwelling in the presence of God, the very thing that was uh, pulling us away from the love of the Father, which is sin. So Jesus, the mandate number one, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says that even before, you know, yet when we were yet sinners, God sent his son to come and do what? To pay the price for that. Why? Because God knew if we could deal with the sin on our behalf, if we could deal with the power of sin and death, then what he had envisioned of us being closer to him, us dwelling in the presence of God, us getting to where he had created us to be, we could be there. But sin was like a barrier. Sin was like a road broke that was stopping us. So he sent Jesus Christ to pay the price through his life, through his blood. He came to dismantle the curtains and the veil that was in front of us that prevented us from running with God, that was preventing us from dwelling with God, that was preventing us from fellowshipping with God, that was preventing us from walking in the power of our Father God. So Jesus had to pay the price. Look at Matthew chapter 27 verse 50 to 51. It says this, Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Now look at what comes next here. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to the bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. Now you got to understand the depth of this scripture here as Jesus is on the cross. Jesus is being crucified. Jesus is paying the price for our sin. Now, this event actually coincided, it's, it's coincidentally, it, there was a, a temple that was meeting on the other side. 
And uh, suddenly, as Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit, suddenly the curtains in that sanctuary, the curtains in that temple were split in two from top to bottom. The earth quirked and the rocks were split. That is very significant. Let me tell you why. The curtains of the sanctuary which separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple was so heavy that it took 300 men to lift it when it was wet. That it split in two from top to bottom shows that it was torn by the very power of God which signified that Jesus' death granted sinners new access to God. You can see that in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 to 20. Now look at this here. The temple, uh, the temple curtain, the, the, the temple curtain of Veil was extremely significant to the Jews. The Holy of Holies contained the Hark of the Covenant, which God instructed Moses to build to house the Ten Commandments. The law of God, now when we talk about the law of God, I want first to give you the definition, because we're not just talking about the law, the law. When you see the word law or the Ten Commandments in the Bible, you're really looking at God's instruction, because the Ten Commandment or the law of God was given to the Jewish people or to the Israelites of that day as God's instruction on how to live with Him, how to fellowship with Him, and how to relate with Him. So the law of God, which no man uh, uh, was capable to keep, was kept behind the curtain. Only the high priest could enter once a year on the Day of Atonement. So this law, the book or the words of God, were put behind the curtain. You and I could never access them unless you came from the bloodline of the priests. The priests were the only one who could access the word of God, meaning they were the only one who could go near to the ark of, of the covenant or to the ark of God, the ark where the praises of God was. In the book of Leviticus, laws abound as to the uh, uh, particular way God's people were to live and fellowship with Him. So without the guidance of God's Word, it was almost impossible to live a purposeful kingdom life. The Word of God helps us to see the spiritual workings of God, but we can't see the spiritual workings of God if there is a veil of discouragement, the veil of anxiety, the veil of impatience, for example, or the veil of sin in, in front of us. We have to deal with that sin. We have to deal with that veil in order for us to see what God has in ahead of us, to see the future, to see what God intends to do with us. We need to deal with all those obstacles. We deal with all those challenges that comes. Some of the challenges that comes, the biggest challenge is simply discouragement. People get easily discouraged. Right when they are just about to have a breakthrough, they give up. Right 
right when they're about to give, you know, to have a major breakthrough in their lives, they walk away. You know, people walk away from uh, 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 what God has for them because they can't just stand and stay focused on what God has told them to do. Now, listen, people of God, you may be there to say, I have tried to do this, but it doesn't work. I have tried to move in this direction, but it doesn't work. I have tried to make things happen in my life, but it doesn't work. Listen, they, could they be a veil or a curtain that has been blocking you from really running as far as you can go in life? Until those things are dealt with, until all those uh, veils or curtains are dealt with in your life, you will never run uh, uh, forward. You will never go forward in your life. Let me give you a definition of a curtain or a veil. Let's use a veil here. A veil prevents people from entering into the glorious presence of God and into their destiny. That's how dangerous a veil is. A veil, not only does it prevent people to see Christ's work in their lives, but it holds them down from producing much fruits. Mark 18 verse 18 says this, Having highs, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Look, if you don't see where you need to go, you can't, you know, you can't remember where you need to be. So it is important to understand that you need to deal with the things, issues that comes to obstruct you from reaching to where God wants you to go. That's why we need to desire God to give us a supernatural vision. Listen, people of God, there is a, a supernatural vision. When you gaze upon what God intends you to do, you can become like a, a David who gazed upon, you know, uh, uh, upon the power of God. And he told, he told Goliath, you can never insult God and his people and think you can be defeated because I have gazed upon the power of this God. Why? Because he, David had envisioned or had the vision of the supernatural power of God. You see, we need to understand uh, uh, in this life that uh, as you begin to pursue what you need to, you know, where, what God has spoken to you about, you're going to face challenges. Uh, Mike Tyson used to say these lines. And, uh, you know, when I heard these lines, I thought those were very good lines. Mike Tyson used to say this, everybody has a plan until they are punched in the face. Meaning everybody had a plan on how they were going to beat up Mike Tyson. But until he punched them in their face, that plan went out of the window. It's the same. Many people have uh, plans. Many people have visions. Many people want to achieve this, want to achieve that. But the only thing standing in their way is really their ability to see through circumstances that are beyond their control. Their ability to see through challenges. Their ability to see through struggles. Their ability to see through their shortcomings in order to see what God God sees. Listen, people of God, a supernatural vision is a blueprint for building a bridge to your future that God is calling you or has called you to do. 
A vision makes you see what others cannot see. It is difficult to explain until it manifests itself through the fruits of your labor. A vision is a picture projected by God concerning our lives. If followed, it can help us stay focused, remain faithful, and stand the taste of times. A supernatural vision cannot be carried out from one, one day to the next. It must entail a process. People quit during this process, a process or during this season. There is nothing in you, God, uh, God given, that can be stopped by your challenges. Supernatural vision cannot be stopped by the challenges of life. A supernatural vision requires the intervention of the supernatural power of God. So here, people of God, as we begin to close this program today, what curtains of veil is hanging around in your life? What curtain of veil has been broken you from moving into where you need to go? I remember poverty was one of those things that uh, was like a curtain in my, in my life, like a veil in my life. You know, being born in Africa, a very difficult circumstances, but I began to see beyond what was in front of me. I began to see beyond the circumstances that surrounded me. I began to see the power of God. I began to see the power of God in motion. And and that is what God is capable of doing. That is what God is capable of empowering us. He can empower us with his power to go through situations that are beyond our control. Just like in this season we are in with the COVID and all those things that are falling apart. I want to assure you, I want you to assure you uh, by the power and the authority of the word of God. That if you are able to stay close and uh, focus on Jesus, focus on the word of God, focus on on what Jesus has already secured on the cross. You're going to go to the finished line. You're going to go to where God called you and you will see pass through your struggles and your, 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 you know, the challenges that are in your life. That is what it entails to have a supernatural vision. My prayers for you is that God would give you a supernatural vision to be able to see beyond what you're going through today, to be able to see beyond anything that is in you your life right now. Thank you for tuning in once again this week to Unstoppable Faith. Until then, may the Lord bless you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony. 